And now, live from Level 5 Productions on the island of Milleronia, it's The Larry Miller Show! Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who has a really beautiful wedding to go to this weekend. Hi, folks, and welcome back to The Larry Miller Show. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And boy, oh boy, do I have that wedding. But I'll tell you more about that later. Oh, it's gorgeous here today. And we are on Milleronia, but won't be for long because I have, well... That wedding to go to back on the mainland in Southern California. But boy, oh boy, it is gorgeous today. It really is. And there's nothing more beautiful than Milleronia. And I know I control the weather here, but there's nothing more beautiful. And uh, we had, we did have, uh, yesterday we did have a trip to Volcano Number 1. And uh, that, uh, it's... Never a happy occasion for the victim, that is. I mean, you know, it's it's happy. To be honest, the people on the island love it, and I get a big kick out of it, too. And again, I know this is, a, I'm, I, I created that, and I do it, but uh, this, uh, this fellow was really, really brave. And uh, right up to the end, when he just sort of said, uh, okay, is there any way out of this? And no one likes that. You know what? You just... Stiff upper lip and and just say, uh, here we go. We don't tie, they don't tie the hands behind the back. You know, this isn't like a, you know, a prisoner who's going to be tortured. This is, this is volcano number one. And he did something that really deserved it. He really, really made me mad, made everyone on the island mad. And they wanted volcano number one for him. He dropped a fork. And we don't take that here. We don't tolerate it. He dropped a fork at the table at a community meal. And everyone heard it go clink, clank, ting. And he didn't think anything of it and just bent down and picked it up. Well, as soon as he did that, though, he he sat back up and he saw his wife was terrified. She was sitting next to him and moved a couple of inches away from him. She knew. And uh, I, everyone looked up to me at the dais there and at the, uh, I was about to make my big speech. Every speech I make is a big speech, I guess, but I was about to do it and I didn't want to interrupt it. So I just, I pointed to one of my men who's always around the room and uh, guarding every entrance and exit. And I just, uh, I just said, I nodded and pointed at my one of my men, and then pointed at that guy, and he knew, and everyone knew what that meant. You don't drop forks. Well, folks, at any rate, though, uh, it's been beautiful here. Other than that, and uh, I was so happy with the beautiful weather, so happy with our own baseball season. We have our own teams. And not, good Lord, not 30 of them, the way Major League Baseball does back on the mainland. But we have three. And, uh, oh, I love it. The games are wonderful to go to. 
And if you don't mind my saying, good peanuts. You can't always get those at a stadium on the mainland. We have terrific peanuts. And uh, salesmen there, who, as they're wandering around, can throw them about. They throw them across the rows, right at you, never miss. And they can do uh, sliders and sidearms. I love a good uh, sinker ball. and uh, But sidearm is one of my favorite pitches, like Kent Tekulvi used to be for, I think it was the Pirates. And uh, in any case, though, we we have just wonderful things to do here. Please come by sometime. And don't drop your forks. Otherwise, well, your family will be going home without you. And, of course, to thank the Otis B. Driftwood Orchestra and the Ann Miller Dancers featuring boy tenor Brad Simpson asking the musical question, If Chuck Norris got cast as the lead in a Western, would he have a sidekick? Good question, Brad. And you can bet your bippy he would. Chuck would have every kick and punch and flip in the handbook because he can do it all, and we want to see him do it all. I really want to see him do it all. I dig Chuck Norris. I love the guy. And... I like my heroes being tough start to finish. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking for a new Chuck Norris in movies. I like the old one, the regular one. I don't want to see the bad guys beat him up for two hours before he kills them. I want to see him kill them every time he just looks at them. Because, you know, he can send you that look, and you'll know it. And those bad guys can say, Whoa, does this mean a volcano? Not for Chuck. He gets a hold of them, and uh, in any case, that's the way I like Chuck. And uh, good question, though, Brad. If Chuck Norris got cast as the lead in the Western, would he have a sidekick? Yes, he would. Now and forever. And uh, I hope you like him like that, because, well, I sure do. And uh, there's an explanation about the Otis B. Driftwood Orchestra and the Ann Miller Dancers. But not for now. You'll have to wait just a little bit. And by the Larry Miller store. That's right, the Larry Miller store. My favorite store. And it's not just because it's named after me, the Larry Miller store. It's not because it has the things I've designed in it. Okay, it is for that reason. It is named after me, and I like it just like that. But you know what, folks? Uh, Do this. The Larry Miller store... It's a great place, frankly. And uh, we have T-shirts for men and women or gentlemen and ladies, as the colonel likes to say. And uh, they're good T-shirts. They're great gifts, great to have for yourself. One of them says, keep calm and Larry on. And another one says, I survived volcano number two, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. That's kind of fun. That's cute. I like that one. And uh, the third one, by the way, or the first one, if you like, is LMDS, the Larry Miller Drinking Society, which, by the way, is a great thing to belong to. It's a, it's great to be guided by a group like that. And yes, by, by someone like me. But you do that, you know, go to the Larry Miller store. We have, oh, we have not only for men and women, we have we have uh, gifts and T-shirts for doggies, too. 
and you can get one for your doggy and your cat, actually. That would be really nice. And uh, they say all the same things on them. I'm not sure dogs and cats ever really got the joke of wearing human clothes the way <laughs> the way we think they do. You know, hey, look, he's like the ringmaster in a circus now with a top hat. I'm not sure they they get off on that. But uh, they make cute little photos and, you know, sort of. Or like a bird with a conductor's baton in its wing. And in any case, though, we have them at the Larry Miller store. And uh, to get there, you go to our website. You can get there lots of different ways. But never mind your computer, never mind your iPhone, never mind your anything phone. Go to our website, which is LarryMillerPodcast.com. Who's on the mountain? Tom Mix. That's a great one. And uh, I should tell people, that's a regular ball game here from one of our three teams. But uh, we used to, the, the when you hear the crack of the bat there, we used to use the skulls of people in, uh, well, instead of tossing them in the volcano. But, uh, and everyone, as you can hear, well, just loved it. But, you know, but now that we have the volcanoes, I think everyone's happier about the way things fall in. And, uh, but do that, go to, our website, LarryMillerPodcast.com. We have a way to get to the Larry Miller store. We have all sorts of things available there. And do that. You know what? Buy something nice from us, and you'll be glad you did, and we certainly will too. And that brings me to my favorite part of the show, the joke of the week. Boy, and this is a good one too. The joke of the week uh, today is... Uh, the colonel and I both like this one. Uh fellow goes to the doctor, and the doctor gives him a full exam there. And, uh, well, he, and the fellow says, you know, they're just about through with it. and do all sorts of tests. And the fellow says to the doctor, so uh, how do I look, doc? Is it going there, everything? Can I look forward to a nice, uh, well, long, healthy life? And the doctor says, uh, well, I'll be honest, I don't know why. Uh, Mercury is in your anus, and uh, the guy says, well, I I don't really believe in any of that astrology stuff. And the doctor says, oh, neither do I. My thermometer just broke. <laughs> the colonel and I like that one. That's in the category of cute jokes that you just say, well, how do you like that? I didn't see that coming. And... I'm glad they did it that way. So as always, pass that on. If you like that, pass that on to a loved one or family member or friend. Ah, neither do I. My thermometer just broke. And that brings me to my second favorite part of the show. The Poetry Corner. You know, I think uh, that fellow's cough might be uh, when the, uh, well, that thermometer broke in him. I think that that might that might make you cough. It might. And uh, this is a lovely poem by 
the great Ella Wheeler Wilcox. And uh, she was an American and uh, lived from 1850 to 1919. And she's best known for the poem Solitude, because also that poem has that wonderful line, Laugh and the world laughs with you, weep and you weep alone. So by Ella Wheeler Wilcox, who the Colonel and I love saying uh, has the name of a poet. I like when people have those names. You have to become a poet with a name like that. Ella Wheeler Wilcox. What else are you going to do? You can't say, well, I may bake cupcakes. I don't know. No, you can't. With that name, you have to be a poet. And uh, this is a good one, though, called Momus God of Laughter by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Though with gods the world is cumbered, gods unnamed and gods unnumbered, never God was known to be who had not his devotee. So I dedicate to mine, here in verse, my temple shrine. Tis not Ares, mighty Mars, who can give success in wars. Tis not Morpheus who doth keep guard above us while we sleep. Tis not Venus, she whose duty, tis to give us love and beauty. Hail to these and others after Momus, gleesome god of laughter. Quirinus would guard my health, Plutus would ensure the wealth, Mercury looks after trade, Hera smiles on youth and maid, all are kind, I own their worth. After Momus, god of mirth. Though Apollo, out of spite, hides away his face of light, though Minerva looks askance, deigning me no smiling glance, kings and queens may envy me, while I claim the god of glee. Wisdom wearies, love had wings, wealth makes burdens, pleasure stings. Glory proves a thorny crown, so all gifts the gods throw down. Bring their pains and troubles after, all save Momus, god of laughter. He alone gives constant joy. Hail to Momus, happy boy. Isn't that nice? Isn't that lovely? Thank you, Ella Wheeler Wilcox, for Momus... God of Laughter. Well, now she found that name, by the way. You know, Momus. Okay, I mean, it's fine. It's dandy to me. But I wonder what the ones she rejected were. For a God of Laughter. Could be uh, Bob, you know, God of Laughter, you know, or Elliot, God of Laughter. That's fine with me, you know, but Momus. Come to think of it, I like that even more. So thank you, Ella. And that brings me to my third favorite part of the show. The Magic Movie Moment. Boom. Well, folks, this is a good one. It's a wonderful movie. It's Room Service. From 1938, directed by William A. Sider and written by the great Maury Riskind. And 
Well, he was wonderful. They all were. But that's because the movie stars the Marx Brothers, Groucho, Chico, and Harpo. And it's also with Lucille Ball and Ann Miller. Oh, Ann Miller, what a great dancer she was. And they... A wonderful, wonderful cast. By the way, this used to be a Broadway show, Room Service, and then it was made into, well, a great Marx Brothers movie in 1938. And it's, uh, oh, folks, see it if you haven't seen this one. It's just full of laughs and a good storyline, too. And this is one of the movies that, that was made when they were at MGM under the great Irving Thalberg. And uh, and by the way, uh, Groucho's name in this one is Gordon Miller. And uh, the reason that we picked Otis B. Driftwood to lead the orchestra this week is it's a great name. It's a great movie name. It's a great Marx Brothers name. And that's Groucho's name in the wonderful A Night at the Opera, which is oh, one of the greatest Marx Brothers movies ever. And uh, this one, though, oh, you're going to love Room Service. If you haven't seen it, please do. And it's got all sorts of silliness and wackiness and all sorts of great Marx Brothers satire. And uh, the magic movie moment for me today was thinking about that great scene where the manager of the hotel is trying to get them kicked out because they're, well, Groucho is the producer of, 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 of plays in New York. And he's uh, he's completely out of money. He has no not a dime to his name, and so he's staying in one of their nice rooms there. And also they're rehearsing for this play, uh, "Hail and Farewell" is the name of the play in the movie. Also, it has that great that that, that great left of center quality to "Hail and Farewell." It's about workers in a mine, and you know it really works for this and. Uh, and folks, at one point, though, just to keep them in the room, uh, Harper was impersonating the guy who wrote it because the author ran off to be with his girlfriend and just uh, just darted out the room and he wanted to spend some time with her and she with him. So they have uh, Harpo get into bed in, in the room there to be examined by, oh, seen by the hotel manager who wants them thrown out anyway. And there's Harpo looking stiff as a board. And uh, every time the doctor, you know, is going to examine, every time the doctor just, you know, puts his, pushes the shoulder a little bit and Harpo, or, or when he leans on Harpo's chest, you hear that great horn and ha that Harpo always has with him. And I love, I was telling the colonel and he remembered that no one in the movie reacts to that, that it's a horn. And I'm glad they don't, that ha, it happens four or five times. It's it's a great scene, has so much in it. And then as they leave the room, they, well, you can't have a dead guy in there, even though we know it's Harpo, he's not dead, but he's pretending to be dead. And they wheel him out there on the gurney into the hallway, and they have a joke they've been playing the whole movie that as soon as, well, the Marx Brothers get into the hallway there, as soon as they leave their room, there's always... A very pretty girl, a young woman walks by the other way, down the hall, and they always, as she passes them, they always, all three of them, just, you know, turn to look at her. And that's a that's a funny moment. They Well, that's what they do. That's what men will do. And 
They look at her, and then they go back to whatever it is they were doing. And at this moment, to end the the Harpo is pretending to be dead scene. They uh, they wheel him out on the gurney into the hallway, and sure enough, another pretty woman walks by and passes them. And this time, they all look again, including Harpo, who is supposed to be dead. He sits up in bed as he's being wheeled and does the same thing and just turns like his brother's to look at the pretty woman. Then they turn back and Harpo just flops back down on the bed again to pretend to be dead. It's a terrific scene, a terrific movie. It really tells a good story, and it's the Marx Brothers all the way. And it just, if you haven't seen it, please see it. Room Service with the Marx Brothers and Lucille Ball and Ann Miller and so many others. And if you've seen it 50 times like me, see it again. It's great every time. And uh, you know what? So is a beautiful wedding. And that's what I was looking forward to telling you about, that this weekend, my goddaughter, Betsy, is getting married. It's my friends, the Hamiltons, and they have, uh, they had four daughters. And each one is more beautiful than the one before. And I'm telling you, four beautiful young women. And uh, Pete and I went to uh, college together. And we've been friends since the day we met. And I said to him once, you know, as the daughters started, uh, his kids were getting more beautiful in there in high school at that point. And I said to him, boy, you know, you must be uh, getting a little nervous because it's going to be fellas coming by to pick them up for dates now. And, you know, you hear that bum, bum. And uh, how do you go to that front door? How are you, how are you going to go to the front door? And do you shake hands with this guy? What do you do? Oh, hi, sir. It's I'm I'm Bobby. This from from school. I know who you are. Well, I'm I'm here to. Don't tell me what you're here to do. I know what you're here to do. Now you listen to me, kid. And uh, is that the way it's going to be? And I asked him, and uh, and he said something. You know what, folks? He said something. Larry. He said, uh, I don't think it's going to be like that at all. My girls all are terrific young women, and they have uh, good grades and summer jobs they always get, and they have lots of friends, and they're great athletes, and uh, they're funny and smart. And he said, you know what? I trust them. And when they have someone come to the house, sure they should have someone come to the house, because that's what you do. You know, you're a lovely young woman, and a guy's going to ask you out, and he should come to a nice house and Meet me and meet my wife, his beautiful wife, Marsha, at the time. And uh, she's since passed away. She got very sick. And, uh, and uh, well, it was, it was a kind of cancer, and she didn't make it. And uh, so she'll be watching this wedding from, well, from up above, from heaven. And, uh, and uh, they, in addition, I went with them, by the way, on a trip, the three of us. You know how much I cared about her? I said to Pete at one point, hey, are there any more at home like her? Does she have any sisters? Because same thing, she's just beautiful and fun and funny and smart and knows everything up or down. And uh, there wasn't. She has a sister, but the sister's married and lives in England, in fact. 
and uh, they have two boys. And uh, one of them, in fact, was killed. He was a Marine. But they're Marines forever, no matter what happens. And he was killed in flight. And uh, you know what? I just, I love to start to finish the same way. And that, I, I remember I was in their wedding party. I was in the, I was in the line for Pete and Marsha when they, uh, all the fellows who stand up front next to the best man. And uh, we all got the same. I remember the same dark blue Brooks Brothers suit, same white shirt, same tie. And uh, it was it a was pretty good-looking way for someone to get married. And I remember that, uh, too. And then I visited them. They were living in England for a while and then Japan for a while. And uh, Pizza Bond Trader and... I visited them in England for a week, and they were going to go. Uh, then the three of us flew to Venice, Italy, which was a great trip. We we're going to spend a week there. It's not easy to get to, by the way. You go from London to Rome. You fly from Rome to an airport outside of Venice, and then from Venice, which you may know or may not know, is all islands. There's one big main one, but it's all islands. And you have to take uh, what they call a boat taxi from the airport, and if I remember correctly, it's about an hour ride or a little more, hour, hour and a half on the boat, which is very pretty, and you approach Venice, and it's a beautiful place, and uh, we had a nice hotel, what they call a second-class hotel, which means it's not a, a gillion dollars for, uh, you know, some big suites. Uh, this one is, uh, but very, very nice. We were happy there, and we we liked it a lot. And uh, there was, in fact, each room doesn't have a bathroom. You, you use a, you share a bathroom with a couple other rooms in the hallway, but they kept it beautifully. They kept it really clean and and neat and beautiful wood. And uh, whew, boy, we had a great time there. And then I left only after four days because I got the word from my agent back in Southern California that I had auditioned for a part that was going to be turned into a pilot, and they wanted to see me now. And uh, I, I said, well, I'm, I'm in Venice, you know what? And I'll, I'll do anything in show business, and that's like most things. Maybe you folks know I did. I did what they asked me to do. I got back on the boat taxi the next morning and hugged Pete and Marcia, and uh, they spent another few days there. And I took the plane to Rome, and Rome to London, and London to Los Angeles to uh, get to get this audition. And as I told the colonel, I didn't get the part, but that's the kind of thing you do. That's like the old phrase, you know, that's showbiz. But uh, I miss Marsha. And it's her daughter, Betsy, getting married, one of the four beautiful girls. And I'm her godfather. They asked me to be her godfather when she was born, and I was very grateful. And in fact, I need your help folks, because the wedding is this weekend, and uh, oh, everybody in the family is going to be there, and they they have a terrific family, and all, uh, all smart and, uh, and funny and good-looking people, and I want to get uh, my goddaughter a nice gift, something in addition to whatever my wife and I get her, 
and her new husband for their wedding gift, but she's my goddaughter, and I'd like a suggestion. Do me a favor. If you have something in mind, and uh, please send it to our website and let me know. And if it's a good, you know what? I'll let you know. Send me a good idea. I don't know what it could possibly be. It doesn't have to be, I don't mean something cheap, something it could be uh, any price in the world or, you know, I'm not looking to spend a zillion dollars on it, but I, I want her to be happy and to know that her godfather loves her very much and is behind her 100%. So please send me something if, uh, well, if you know. And I was just funny. I was just remembering her mom, Marsha, was always funny, too. Uh, I went to at Betsy's confirmation, which was uh, they lived in Greenwich, Connecticut. And uh, this was an old church there, I mean, from the early days. And Marsha is a Mayflower descendant, by the way. She was directly in line with her, uh, her one of her descendants is was uh, Dr. Samuel Fuller from the Mayflower. Mayflower. And uh, so we're in this church there, and uh, Marsha, in the middle of the service, it's really quiet, and uh, Marsha leans over to me and says, uh, as you can see, Larry, here in Greenwich, we believe in diversity. We have some ash blondes, some honey blondes, some strawberry blondes. Now, she says this, and I just hooted with a laugh. I mean, that's a pretty good joke. That's a terrific joke. I th- I like to think I know something about jokes. That's a good one. And the choices that she picked: ash blondes, honey blondes, strawberry blondes. And I went, and I just went, <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't not laugh in the middle of this church service. But I, <laughs> you know, you put your hand over your mouth, and and she smiled and she laughed, and that's a pretty funny thing to say. I thought, young woman there and uh, young mom. And uh, so you know what, folks? I'll let you know. It's uh, wonderful to be at a great wedding and wonderful to see a young couple hold hands and smile at each other and know that they're ready for that great first step, which you and I, of course, assume will be great. But I th- I, th- I think it will. And, uh, you know, I, look, I, I love having my, uh, my one boy, as you know, back here. The other one is also a Marine, and uh, he's on duty on his third deployment. And, uh, well, I, the truth is that uh, my younger son, I love, I'm going to, uh, even though we're on Meloronia now, I'm going to wake him up after we finish the show here and make him breakfast and... That means a lot to me. That's another thing that that's in that category of it may not sound so fancy, but it means a lot to me. And to wake him up and uh, to know how I love that he sleeps in and sleeps late and he's got a part time job and everything. But he's he's just great. I I love that he sleeps late. I love that you and I used to sleep late, too. Maybe not as much, but you know what I mean? That's. That's pretty terrific to sleep in. And I got him some books and he likes he loves he's almost done with the first one that he he really loves it makes me very happy. It's called The Boys in the Boat, which is a very popular book 
and a true story on the crew team from the University of Washington that won the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. The boys in the boat, and my son, Rose Crew, he's a sculler, and he knew that everyone on his team has been saying, have you read this book? And they all love it. And I got it for him because I went to a bookstore uh, back on the mainland. And, you know, that uh, the lady there said, have you seen this? And she handed me the boys in the boat. And there are a couple more I got him. Uh, biography of Captain Cook. And uh, in any case, though, he's good. And he likes this book. It means an awful lot. So he may be reading that. He's only got another 60 pages to go. He may be up already after we do the show and in bed with, uh, well, at that point, the doggies will come with me and they'll just leap up on the bed and there'll be like two statues at the bottom of the bed there. They'll just curl up and with their faces forward doing that dog look where they just, you know, they can look at a table leg for seven hours and they're just wonderful to see and uh, I'm going to make them breakfast. I would make one for you, too. But I'll bet you've already had yours. And I know it and you know it because we know the same things. Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. So remember, folks, as always. If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. No matter who makes you breakfast in bed, be well and we'll see you here next time.